Welcome to Uncover Wealth Radio, episode 252, generating traffic, leads, and sales through video marketing. In this episode, I interviewed Daniel Glickman. Daniel is an internationally recognized marketing leader, speaker, and author. As CMO of Wave.Radio, an innovative video marketing solution, he leads and manages direct marketing, advertising, and PR activities. His blog, cmoconfessions.com, newsletter, and podcast offer frank, creative, and humorous take on the underbelly and undercurrents of today's most pressing, exciting, and confounding marketing issues. It was a real pleasure to talk to Daniel in this episode, and he shares some great insights into video marketing. So let's dive in. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Daniel. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Annette. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Daniel, you are obviously a massive fan of video marketing, but tell us first off, what does video marketing actually mean in reality? Video marketing is sort of a parallel to the concept of content marketing. It's the the idea of driving traffic and sales through video. So in its purest form, it's a series of videos that lead your audience to take action. Nice. And so as a small business owner, is that going to be costly for us? I think that's the question that most people think of when they think of video. They think of needing loads of bits of kit and how on earth do they understand what to do when they come to editing and all those kinds of things. Do you see video marketing as something that the business owner has to spend lots of money on to get into or where does that sit with you? Well, it used to be for sure. It used to be up to about maybe three years ago video marketing was for the elite, for those who had a a, a team and equipment and all of that. But really starting with the invention of the maybe iPhone four or five, when the camera started getting good and the app started getting good, that's when everything was changed. Everything was democratized and changed. And nowadays you can definitely do video marketing with almost zero budget uh, and very little time invested. In fact, done right, it'll take you less time than doing blog posts and emails. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that too. And I do most of my videos either using my webcam. Um, I have, I don't have, I don't use an embedded one, but I do. So I do have a separate web, webcam, but I think it costs kind of a hundred quid for my webcam or with my phone. Right. You, you could get a whole like little office or home studio with all the fancy equipment, like all the stuff you would need for maybe two, $3,000. And that would be the fanciest, you know, mm. a nice DSLR, a video switcher, lights, all of that. And that is the top that you need. Really, yeah. most people would go for, you know, maybe $600 worth of equipment. A nice mm. camera, uh, which would cost you maybe $500. You could also go with a $200 camera. But let's say you go with a nice one. Um, then that's a $500, then you do a couple of lights, those are 50 bucks each, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you're well under $1,000. And, and if you're in the UK, then pounds? Yes, pounds, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, 
So why should we therefore consider using video marketing instead of the kind of more traditional content marketing blog posts and things? You mentioned that actually it can be quicker and easier to do video marketing anyway. So tell us more about that. Okay, so there are two sides to this answer. First of all, uh, consumer demand is requiring video, right? Everything is video nowadays. And if you look at what surfaces in the social feed, what people are actually uh, viewing or consuming more of, it's video, not text, right? Mm -hmm. There's still old people like me. I'm more of a reader. I have an academic background and I have like four degrees and I, I was trained to read. Yes. So yeah, there's some people like me, but most people like video. And even I, you know, when I nowadays I don't open a recipe book, I go to YouTube to see how to cook something, right? Mm -hmm. So video is 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 where the consumers want to meet you. The other side of it is done right, video will actually take you less time. So for example, what we're doing now is we're recording a video, taking recording a podcast all at the same time. Mm -hmm. that could be transcribed and rewritten into a blog post. So the most difficult part of writing the blog post and the most expensive part, if you will, is not the technical writing itself. It's the thought leadership, the idea, the research that comes with it. Now, interestingly enough, this is easier to, uh, to express and to bring out on video. So we can have this conversation and I can bring out all these great ideas I just spit them out, right? But if you yeah. told me, Daniel, could you sit down and write now? I'd say, I, I need a couple of days to kind of organize my thoughts and put it down there. So this model actually works better. I can spit out my ideas. We can do it on, on, on camera. And then we can give it to somebody who is paid less in a more proper way of saying it. They're a cheaper resource yes. and they will, and they will rewrite it for us. It just, we just need a writer. We don't need a writer that does research, right? We don't need somebody that that's better skill, higher skill. And so what we can do is we can get three, four, five different pieces of content for the price of about the same it would have cost us just to create one blog post. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can also with longer form videos as well, chunk them up into smaller ones for putting out to the various platforms to drive traffic back to your original piece of content as well. So thereby creating even more content from the one piece too. Right. We do that a lot of waves of video. I like to do it in my personal uh, blog as well. And I know you do that and that mm. is, it, and we call this repurposing is okay. We've got that piece of content, right? And for the most part, marketers and businesses, what we do is we create that. We put a lot of effort into creating one content, right? Be it a webinar or, or whatever it is, a live video. And then we're like, okay, I'm done. Let's move on to the next project. And so we have this library of assets that sits there and doesn't actually perform for us. And we did all the 90% of the work. And now what we can do is take that same, those same assets, pull out the bits and pieces that make most sense, that are the highest value, and put them out there. There's another side to that, another benefit to that uh, repurposing. It's not just a matter of getting the best value out of your content. The mindset of the consumer has completely shifted over the last decade or so. Think of it as an evolution. Okay, this is really important what I'm about to say. When you look back into the Middle Ages, right? If somebody read a book, one book, they were a scholarly person, if they could even read, right? Mm -hmm. Printing press comes out, people uh, start reading more, they have too many books to read, so table of content is invented so they can parse just the chapter in the book that they need, right? 
already back then, we started picking and choosing which information we want to take. Fast forward to today, it's on hype, right? Nobody wants to sit down and listen to a full long interview anymore. Mm -hmm. They just want, give me what I need and move on. This has vast implications for everything from, um, from academics, from you know, your degree. Nobody, you know, the young kids today, they don't want to go and study for four years. Tell me, you know, here, I just need to do this. Tell me how it's done. I'll move on, right? They don't see the reason to go through the whole, the whole process. And as consumers, that's the way we look at everything. You find this long article about, you know, recipe and you're like, uh, and it starts writing. When I was a kid, you know, my mother used to cook yeah, this and that for me. And you're like, no, 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 no. Where's the, bit? Where's the bit Ingredients. I need? Yeah, yeah. Get me yeah. to that thing. I want to move on, right? And in fact, we get really annoyed from, uh, from the fact that like, why can't they just get this free content uh, right now? Exactly what I need. And I, no ads, right? Yes. That's where we are. That's our mindset as consumers. So us as marketers, we have to cater to that as well. We need to fit into this mode, which means, yeah, we need to make these long interviews sometimes, of course, but as marketers, they give us the materials so we can take the snippets from them and give people just those exact moments they want, just exact insights. When is long form content really good? It's when you put structure into it. So say courses, and you see an explosion of these courses, et cetera, happening, and highly interactive content, which is very conversational in nature. Another one is news, right? So if there's something, an analysis, something that's happening right here, right now, that's when you want. So other than that, long-form content is going the way of the, of the ebook, of the white paper. Nobody wants it anymore. It give me what I need. They'll give you a minute of their time, maybe less, as long as it's exactly what they need, when they need it, that's it. Well, or if it's really entertaining. Yeah, and we can see that actually in the way that social media platforms evolve, can't we? With the growth of TikTok, short, tiny snippets, Instagram reels now, 15 seconds you have to convey a message in Instagram reels, very, very short length of time. Even when Facebook stories came in a while ago now, a couple of years ago now, um, Snapchat, when that was introduced, all these things are all actually really shortening down the length of time that you have as a marketer, as a business owner to deliver your message. It is pulling down into that much shorter form content, which of course can be done quite nicely with video because you can speak relatively fast and the people will still understand what you're saying. and You'll still get your message across from that. Right. And so as marketers today, what we need to do is give short bits, very on focus, very on message pieces of content and repeat them again and again. Because if you just get in front of somebody for 15 seconds, they're not going to remember you unless that 15 seconds is something absolutely spectacular that I don't know how to make. Right. So, uh, we or you follow repeat. your speech or something like that, then they might remember you. Right. So retargeting, <laughs> yes, exactly. So retargeting ads are great for this, right? You make videos, short videos, use the targeting ads. Groups are great for this because you can repeat in the group as well. And uh, you see a lot of challenges popping up. It's about repetition. Oftentimes the challenges in the, in the group, when we think about this, are repetition of the same thing, slight variations every day. It's a whole week long of challenge, but it's really repetition, repetition. And so Wave.Video is a great tool with this in mind of taking long form content and, and making it making the bits out of it. 
mm-hmm. all just making bits from scratch with, you nice. know, we have a whole stock library and all that kind of stuff. Nice. So that's, um, yeah, that's where everything is going nowadays. Repeat, 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 message, 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 short, short, short. Hmm. So what if we have people listening who think, okay, great. Yes, I know. I, I get it. I understand video, short form content. I understand it all, but I do not want my face on camera. What, right. What's your advice to those people? Yeah, you really don't have to have your face on camera. Face on camera works very well on per, for personal brands, mm-hmm. right? You really can't get away without having your face on camera when you're a personal brand. And in fact, for many, many brands are merging the personal with the abstract or the brand, the business brand, right? Or they're, they're kind of creating an ecosystem of personal yeah, brands. Yeah, there's a crossover. Is, yeah, crossover. But um, if you're promoting just a product or an abstract concept or an abstract brand, you really don't have to have your face in there at all. So you can use stock videos. This is commonly done. Um, and in Wave.app video, we see a lot of this done. That's what our tool really excels at. Mm-hmm. Take a stock video, put some text on it, and do a bit of storytelling. There's some examples where if you want some inspiration to see, I mean, you can check out our templates are designed exactly for the finishes. But uh, some real-life examples, you can see the BBC News does it superbly. The Economist magazine does this in a way that is highly produced, but it's uh, par excellence the best uh, best in class, right? So they, they'll do like charts and data. It's not necessarily news, but it's insight, right? Mm-hmm. Or they may tell stories. Um, per, uh, so stories relating to your customer. We have one customer who hadn't had a, she's, she's an agency, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Phillips, and she has an account with uh, a company called Mr. Manhole. And Mr. Manhole, what they do is they, it's a machine to dig manholes in the street okay. so they can put, you know, these little manhole covers. Hmm. And it's something that's kind of boring. It's a boring industry. It's very, you know, it's municipalities buy it. It's a, you know, and what they did was they create these very short videos of the machine boring into the, into the street. And, and they met, and then they, they made all these little clips of it. And they they created different funnels from it and they it went viral eventually so they actually had like millions of views on these videos of mr manhole which is just amazing right mm. not a single human face in the video ah, but there's a story the story yeah. is about how it saves time it saves money it makes it easier to drill a hole without disrupting traffic as much you come in out you know all these things that's where you can tell a story with some stocks or footage that maybe you took without a human being. Not a problem at all. Nice. And you mentioned that that video went viral. So for people who are looking for much more reach, presumably video is also a potentially a better medium for them to use to be able to grow their reach and grow their impact from that as well. Right. Uh, Reach, of course, you know, I am always skeptical about telling people, look, you know, talking about viral. Mm, yes. I talk about overall reach, repetition reach. The fact that somebody saw a video somewhere at some point in time is meaningless if there's no repetition, if there's no message with it, right? Yeah. And so viral is great to have every now and then. Absolutely. It's, a, it's only a positive, not a negative. But what you're really searching for is not the peaks. Yeah. They're, they're very hard to predict, to generate, and to consistently, to consistently create you're looking for the average growth over time of your reach, right? Nice. So look back into your videos and say, okay, which ones generated more engagement? Which ones generated more 
uh, more clicks, more views, uh, view time, right? And if you're making videos that have a huge drop-off, rethink them, think again. And is the problem in the, in the first few seconds or is the problem in the overall topic and concept of video? I see so many people making videos and this includes some bigger brands. Mm -hmm. They have maybe one or two people on the live show, almost nobody there. And then, and they don't repurpose it. They don't do, why are you doing this? Yeah. Isn't your time better spent something else? Don't you want to think of a different format? Keep experimenting all the time. This is the key. One of the challenges we're running into right now, all of us in live video particularly, is the talking head issue. Yeah. Two talking heads, office, well, it used to be office background, now it's a home background. Yeah, often right? it's a home background now, yes. Right? It's boring. We're all doing the exact same thing. Can we change that? Can we take the video outdoors? Can we do something that makes it a little more newsworthy? Uh, so always the question, why here? Why now? Why us? right? Why watch us? Interesting. I love that. I love that. Why, why here? Why now? Why us? That's a great question for us to ask ourselves when we hit that record button for sure. Yeah. So when we've got our videos, we've recorded our videos, we perhaps used wave to produce some beautiful things. Where should we be putting those videos? I know that when I do videos, I pretty much put them everywhere and anywhere I possibly can. But is that the right strategy or should we be more selective about where we're putting our videos once we've produced them? For the most part, I think it's fine to post them everywhere. That's what we do at Wave Lab Video. Um, I do it as well. In theory, it works better if you engage differently with different audiences and different channels, right? So sometimes maybe your group or your Instagram, etc might have a different vibe to it, mm -hmm. a different culture to it, or it might even have a different audience to it. Yeah. So you might discover that your Instagram group is small business or the consumer customers while your uh, LinkedIn or Facebook is more of the business customers, right? Uh, and the Twitter is more like they just want to hear news from you. So mm -hmm. if you have that dis distinction where you clearly know this, then yes, you want to you wanna segment where you post what. Otherwise, if the content is good, people want it. Now you look at the data and you see it's always, in the end of the day, it's all about data. Mm. Does your content get around? Does it get shared? Does it get viewed? Does it get saved? The saves are a big deal, but people save your content. For example, I've learned recently that people actually listen to podcasts on Instagram. So there's a save button in Instagram, right? You can save the video. So you can take your podcast, you can take a video, right? Put it uh, at the video recording like we're doing now. Uh, the podcast might be a bit more edited. So you put that on a, an image background, right? Oh, put yes. a little bit of a, of a, a moving, just like a sound wave, wave or whatever yeah. on it. Yeah. And I do this with wave.video routinely. And then you put this on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And what will happen is people will save that video and then either on the desktop or the phone or have it on the office, uh, they will be working on something that's a bit mundane and they will just play it in the background. Mm. So that's a real, an Instagram, you can go up to 60 minutes. So yeah. it's, it's, so it's really, so I was like, oh, wow. And in fact, my own podcast, the business to user podcast, I always say most of my listeners never downloaded a single episode uh, mm. through iTunes, right? They, they listen to it on social media. Yeah, so, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because when we think of one strategy, actually, we need to think about all the other bits to it that actually can bring in more people into our ecosystem to listen and watch and have those different touch points with us and see those different things. 
I think if you're a small business, don't overthink and don't overcomplicate the strategy. Get good content out and get it out. Yeah. Once you've gotten to a big audience and you see that there's different behavior on different channels, start thinking about, can I, can I customize each channel a bit? Can I start thinking about that? Okay, yeah. But if this, for most of us small businesses, that's going way too far. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about the content. You know, we, we've had, you know, with the first people who created apps for the app store, their apps went crazy, went viral, right? Everybody downloaded the app. Now it's very difficult because there's competition. First people created videos and got on YouTube. They got all the views. Now, good luck trying to get a, a viral YouTube account or, you know, a very popular YouTube account. Very challenging. Same with video on social media now. TikTok also, it, it's getting tougher. It uh, is, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, although that can be gamed easily, with, mm-hmm. you know, you can just ping it with a, a bit of a script, but it's, um, you know, the competition is there. So the biggest challenge is good content. It used to be long form content, right? That was the focus because it's harder to make long form content, but we realized that that's not exactly accurate. Yeah. What's really hard is to create good long form content. Yeah. Right? <laughs> It's hard to create sh- good short form content, mm. right? So if you can make really good long form content, well, that's probably going to do very well. But how many of us can actually do that? Very, very small number. Most of us can make maybe some good short form content. Mm-hmm. And lots of us can make bad short form con- video content. Yeah, not if it's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. So there's a lot of competition. So it's all about the content quality and that'll surface up. The algorithms all over. I mean, this is how the world works nowadays. There's noise, noise, noise everywhere. If you buy stuff on Amazon, there's like junk, a lot of junk sold, right? But then Am- the good stuff surfaces slowly to the, to the top and Amazon kind of promotes it better and the bad stuff gets demoted and eventually kicked out. Same thing with content. Lots and lots and lots of noise, bad content, bad content. Some of it gets surfaced to the top. And in that sense, you know, when we look at all of the fake news and, and everything else, in that sense, that's good content. Not because it's necessarily what we want to see. It is what we want to see, it's, but it's not necessarily the right content. But it's yes. good content in the sense that it's engaging. People watch it. People consume it. And that's why it rises to the top. If people wouldn't want it, it, wouldn't, it, would, it would be demoted. Yeah. And so we have to think the same way. How can we create content that rises to the top? We have to make more of it try different things and think like the algorithm the stuff that doesn't work mm-hmm. stop doing it the stuff that does work go the extra mile and make it even more so i love that think like the algorithm because we can do that by just interrogating the data on our own social media accounts yeah you know many people saying. don't go near it many people don't look at the data they don't go near the data because well for many reasons but one is it's numbers and it's a bit scary it's a bit scary and you'll be faced by the truth. You'll see that nobody's watching your stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of ego involved with, with video, with podcasting, with, um, with all this kind of stuff where it's about visibility, a lot, a lot of ego involved. And so, you know, we don't want to face the truth that, Hey, you know, I put so much work into this and nobody actually cares. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And actually, but actually, we can take it as a positive message that actually, maybe we just need to tweak our content a bit in order to appeal to people with it in order to get more eyeballs on our stuff. So I think I think it's okay not to have many eyeballs if you do a lot of repurposing. My podcast is designed to be a podcast. 
but I take I, I record it on video just like we're doing now, mm-hmm. and then I take the the best snippet and use that to promote my podcast. Yeah. Right? So I don't really care the fact that it's live. The fact that I tell people, oh, who wants to join me on a on a, on a LinkedIn live, and everybody volunteers. Okay, great. That's my mechanism to to attract and recruit uh, guests. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, the fact that I don't have a thousand people on my live is really doesn't bother me at all. Hmm. In this case. Yeah. And it's easy, it is easy to get caught up in that kind of ego numbers game, for sure. Awesome. Daniel, this has been an incredible discussion. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell our listeners where people can find out more about you, where they can connect with you, and where you hang out? I'm the CMO at Wave.Video, as we mentioned. And uh, you can learn more about the product at Wave.Video. I'm very proud of it. I love the company. I love what we're doing there. And I really enjoy using it myself. I create, I create a podcast called the Business to User Podcast. You can find more about myself and the podcast at uh, cmoconfessions.com. I also have the Personal Brand Masters Roundtable, which is a peer uh, support group for uh, those who are developing a personal brand and looking to sell through it. Uh, so that's a very innovative and very interesting group. If anybody's interested, check it out on the cmoconfessions.com website. Wonderful. Thank you, Daniel. Obviously, as well, put all the links in the show notes there so that people can click on that nice and easily as well. Thank you again, Daniel, for joining us. I appreciate you coming on Uncover Wealth Radio. Thanks, Annette. It was wonderful being here. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do like what I share, please do come and subscribe to the podcast, perhaps even leave a review so that other people can find this podcast as well and benefit from everything that I am sharing. Also, if you enjoyed, I would love if you want to take a screenshot of this episode, share it out onto your social media platforms. If you do, please, please do tag me. I'm Annette underscore Fergs on both Twitter and Instagram. So if you tag me, I can come along, give you a follow, give you a like and some love over there as well. Until next time. <laughs>